Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Jeremy Thomas. In this series, we are looking at the two letters to the Thessalonian church. This episode is just a taste from the full lesson. It is a standalone teaching meant as special encouragement for you today. So enjoy this short teaching. We hope you come back tomorrow for the full lesson. Let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5. This has to do with kingdom changes, right? When are you going to judge the kingdoms of this world, the Gentile kingdoms, and when are you going to bring in the kingdom of God? Okay. And Paul says, you don't need anything about this to be written to you. You, you, you yourselves know full, full well. The day of the Lord will come just like a what? A thief in the night. This is the concept of imminence for the world. The world's not going to expect it, in other words, because the element of surprise is the key of every thief. And so it's going to come like a thief, sudden, without expectation, among the world. While they, that is the world, because in verse 1, you, you have no need of this to be written to you, but they, the world, while they're saying peace and safety, then destruction. Did you see that in the Old Testament? Did we see the word destruction? We saw desolation, destruction, wrath, <laughs> abominate, horror, gloom, darkness, black. We saw all these things. Okay. While they are saying peace and safety, then at that point, destruction will come upon them. That is the world, not upon us. Okay. Not upon believers. And it will come suddenly because it's overhanging. And they don't expect it. And it'll be like labor pains. Did we see that in the Old Testament? Labor pains? Yes. Upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. Did we see that? And you're not going to escape. I mean, it's going to come so quickly, you can't, you can't escape. Okay, all, those things, all this language in verse 3 is all derived from Day of the Lord passages in the Old Testament, which is what we would expect from the Apostle Paul. Right, but let's look at some of it. When the world, while they are saying peace and safety, when are there conditions on earth when the world is saying peace and safety? Um, when are there, you know, anything in biblical prophecy, you know, in the future that describes a time, a time period of, of peace and safety when the world thinks, hey, we've, we finally got it? Um, there... <laughs> I call these the, the, this the general condition on earth when the day of the Lord begins. Okay? When the world is saying peace and safety. That's the general condition. Um, there are several different views I showed you last week. So let's just look at those a little bit again. Um, let's look at other views. Mid-trib view says the day of the Lord begins at the middle of the tribulation, which would mean that at the middle of the tribulation, there you would have to say there's peace and safety because that's what the world's saying. And it says, then the day of the Lord will come suddenly like a thief in the night. Question, is the middle of the tribulation or the 70th week of Daniel, is that a time of peace and safety on earth? I mean, do you know of anything in there? No. No, there's nothing about peace and safety there. I mean, the abomination of desolation is being committed. Uh, the Antichrist is turning against the whole world, especially against Israel. So no, there's no peace and safety at that time. How about pre-wrath? The pre-wrath uh, doesn't have an exact time in the second half, but they say into the second half somewhere is when the day of the Lord begins. They align it with the, the end after the sixth seal and what they, they started in Revelation 8.1. Anyway, that's when they, and they say that's the beginning of the day of the Lord. 
that is there a peace and safety at that time? Let's just say, let's just borrow their timetable, which I disagree with, but borrow it anyway. Is there peace and safety at Revelation 8.1? No. 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 How could anybody say peace and safety at that time? I mean, it's absolute horror. As I mentioned last week, billions and billions of people have already died. I mean, would anybody classify this as peace and safety? Let's hope not. Um, the post-trib view says the day of the Lord happens on the day of the second coming. So it's just one day. I say that's the great and terrible day of the Lord. I say that's all the day of the Lord there is. It's just the day of the second coming. Um, so would anybody classify the day of the second coming as a day of peace and safety? Or is he coming back in, in absolute utter wrath to destroy? We already read it. There's not going to be any sinner left on the planet. Would you consider that to like be a time of peace and safety? I mean, is the world going to be saying, hey, look, we got peace and safety? No. No. This is the only view that actually has a place in the Bible where they can go and say, hey, peace and safety are happening. And it's happening right at the first seal. When, that's when the day of the Lord begins, which is the same as when the 70th week of Daniel begins. Because what's the first seal? Remember you have four horsemen, right? You got the white horse, pale horse, black horse, you know, you got these, the red horse. So it goes white, then it goes red, then black, then pale, in that order. The white horse, who comes, by the way, who comes on a white horse at the end of the book of Revelation? Revelation 19. Christ. Okay, we know he's descending from heaven on a white horse, and we're descending with him as the bride of Christ. Who is it, but who, who is on the white horse? Who do you think the rider of the white horse is on the first seal? Do you think that's Jesus too? Or do you think this is the false Jesus? Do you think this is the false Christ? That's yeah, a false Christ. And he has a bow, and he says he goes forth to conquer, conquering and to conquer, but he doesn't have any... What do you need if you're going to use a bow and be effective? You're going to have to need arrows. My daughter has a bow. She used to go shoot the bow all the time. She kind of needs the arrows too, right, to, to do anything. There's no arrows. It's, it's a false piece. He brings about a... He's a it's a counterfeit piece. What is the Messiah going to do when he comes in his kingdom? He's going to bring peace on earth, goodwill toward men, right? <laughs> the Antichrist is counterfeiting that in the very first seal. It's a false peace, a counterfeit peace. It's a counterfeit kingdom. That's the whole idea. So there's peace, and the world says, finally, we've achieved it. Peace, worldwide peace, and homeland security. And then the second horse comes forth, and it's a red horse, and it signifies bloodshed, doesn't it? Because the peace doesn't last. But that's the only time that we have in prophecy when there will actually be a time when the world thinks we've got it, we've got peace. And then what does, but what, and what does 5, 2 say? It says, or 3, while they're saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly. That's the second seal, the horse, red horse. So while they're saying this, then destruction will come upon them suddenly like labor pains. Let's look at that phrase because I'm, it was in connection with the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. And I want to take you to Matthew 24. 
Jesus' discourse on kingdom coming, what most people call the Olivet Discourse, but I call it the Discourse on Kingdom Coming. Um, they're sitting on the Mount of Olives, right? He's already stated, you know, not one stone will be left upon another. The temple there, it'll all be torn down, which happened in AD 70. They cast all those stones down. We got all the archaeological remains of that. And they're asking him in verse 3, tell us when will these things happen? What will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? It's two or three questions. No time to go in the grammar now. But um, his coming in the end of the age were coincided, so it's not a, a very serious grammatical point. But Jesus answered and said to them, see that no one misleads you. In other words, don't be deceived. The Greek word planao, for a, they used to think planets kind of wandered around relative to the stars. So stars are predictable, but what's going on with these planets? See to it that no one misleads you, deceives you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. There it is. Uh, you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for those things must take place, but that is not yet the end. That's not the end of the age when I come. Okay? For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of labor pains. Okay? Birth pains. We all know, if we've been around in the world long enough, when a woman goes into labor, she's, it, it's signified by the, the birth pains that she goes under, the contractions, and that they start off, and they're, they're not fun, but, but they're lesser in intensity and further spaced apart early on. And then what happens as she gets closer and closer to delivering is the contractions get more intense, and they get closer in time and then a baby is born. So the intensity starts smaller and increases, right? And he's saying that the things in verses 4, 5, 6, and 7 are merely the beginning of the labor. If you do parallel study, you find that the things in verses 4 through 8 are seals 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. False Christ, what's the first seal? It's false Christ. He comes forth conquering to conquer. There'll be others that come at the same time along with him. Wars and rumors of war, that's seal too. That's the red horse, okay? Famine, that's the third one, plague under the black horse and so forth. So these are all the sealed judgments, okay, in parallel. And that's what Paul's talking about in 1 Thessalonians 5. He's saying, <laughs> um, suddenly, this is all going to begin to happen. And he says, they're not going to escape, okay? They're not going to escape. I mean, they're... Because what is the escape? How do you avoid going through this time period? The rapture. That's the escape. Thank you for listening to this lesson from the Epistles to the Thessalonians. Jeremy has a companion book to this study available on Amazon for purchase. You can find the link in the description below. You can also find out more information on Jeremy's website, beyondthewalls-ministry.org. We thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you found this lesson useful, informative, and encouraging. Because our desire here at Beyond the Walls is for you to grow in your faith, your love of God, and therefore to have a more joyful, abiding life in Christ.